Hello and welcome to another Modern Commerce Talks from Eventsia. As ever, I'm your host, Jack Stratton from Insider Trends, and delighted to be joined today by Heather Miller, who is a Senior Strategy Consultant at Optimizely. Hello, Heather. Hi, nice to meet you and thank you for having me today. Oh, not at all. Thanks for coming on. Um, and I'm really, I'm really interested, as I'm sure a lot of our audience who've uh, found time to tune in for this one. Um, we're interested in your take and specifically in this session on um, why it's so important to invest in experimentation from the kind of optimizely perspective. Um, experimentation, I think, is one of those things sometimes where, um, you know, it's, I suppose, it's an interesting challenge for some of those decision makers in businesses to, to try to, you know, justify not just to themselves but some of their colleagues you know why is this worth investing because it can sometimes maybe feel uh, like an intangible thing um so that's kind of my introductory question for you here heather you know why is it really important from your point of view to invest in experimentation yeah no so that's a really great question and i think also you really nailed it on the head there in terms of the um reluctance and and to 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 uh, be able to justify a tool and technology, which effectively isn't cheap uh, to invest in. Um, but to answer the, the question as well, I guess, in a nutshell, is everyone's heard about, you know, experimentation, removing bias and, um, you know, someone just almost, you know, putting their finger in the air and, and making a decision without data. Um, I would say, um, you know, it, it's definitely um, helps you maintain that competitive edge. It gives companies the ability to test and learn, to question their assumptions throughout. Um, you know, the concept of test and learn has been around for a very long time, not just in experimentation and digital. Um, it's in many different fields. And so the thought is really, why don't we apply it to digital? Why don't we think about, you know, yeah, questioning those assumptions and thinking about how can we save time and money and um, resources to make sure we are always delivering what we know is best for the customer, for the business at any given point in time and maximizing the resources and capacity that you have, but also maximizing impact and value. So it's really a no brainer. Um, but then, uh, yeah, as you say, there are different aspects of, you know, how can we justify the cost, which, um, you know, happy to kind of dive into a little bit as well. Um, I yeah, think how, on that point, just I'm really interested in that actually. How does it specifically, I suppose, in terms of, I mean, because this is the big one, I'm sure that you come up with, or, or the challenge you come up with um, when you're justifying this. Um, when it comes to saving money and time, you yeah. know, what, what what would be your kind of classic explainer of how it does that experimentation? Yeah, so where today um, the standard release cycle that companies adopt, if you think about a product team releasing products, um, you have user research, which feeds into um, your, your new feature or your new website. Um, that's usually qualitative insight, which is fine, but there's a limitation there. There's a bias because it is qualitative, but there's also a limit of potentially 10 people in a user test lab you know, a couple of people in a um, user research search program um, who know they're part of that project. So you've got that data at the start to say, this is really what people want to see on the website. Let's go build it. And then you build it, you roll it out, and that's it. You know, there's no real feedback loop of um, is this still the right thing we should be testing um, or, or delivering? And so if you think about that, you've got the qual research. 
you you then go and build potentially get a capex budget you're, you're building something for a year two years um, in one big chunk and then delivering that so if you think about the alternative um, you have an experimentation tool which also incorporates uh, feature management, feature rollout. So you have then the ability to still have that qual research. Why are we doing this? What's the purpose of this feature? We need to build something. But then you have um, potentially the ability to then break down all of those thoughts and the product into an agile approach for testing. So you have bite-sized chunks of what you're delivering. What are your questions? What are the opportunities? What are the different ways we could potentially approach this? If you think of uh, design and research, they'll usually have 10 different ways you could design something, which can also be innovative. Um, someone has to make a decision and the former to say, well, let's just go with this for, for whatever reason. It's my opinion. I have my expert knowledge, which are also valuable. But there's that missing element of what does the customer prefer and what can we back up with millions of users going through an experience and categorically and unconsciously saying that's definitely the better experience. So then again, you think of you're continuously throughout the cycle able to test, able to back that up with data. And then even through the um, release process. So again, thinking about product testing, you're testing something that doesn't yet exist as an experience on your website. Um, then you're able to mitigate risk of, is this a poor experience? Does this impact people negatively? Or is it a really positive experience? Does it highlight uh, user behavior we didn't know was possible, uh, which spurs on new ideas as well? And so, uh, and often you're able to control the rollout of this experience as well. So that mitigates further risk in terms of technical bugs, et cetera. So the kind of picture you're getting is you're a lot more controlled and you're mm. having loads more, loads more data points throughout to continuously check in. Is this still the thing that we should be doing? And one last thing I wanna kind of highlight is the agile approach. There are some customers, uh, mainly mainly old school. Uh, maybe they have a, a you know they've been around for a hundred years, and you know they they aren't quite in the startup way of thinking where they can move quickly. Um, you want to avoid two year commitments to a project where you can never know after two years has the world moved on? Is this still the right thing to do? You really want to break that down and check in on a regular basis. Is this still what people care about? Because things move along very, very quickly. And so I would say the key takeaways here are continuous feedback, being able to test and learn, and uh, moving quickly throughout that process. Awesome. It's so interesting. And it makes me... <clears throat> It, it kind of makes me think of the fact that obviously testing and learning is hardly something new, but it, it feels like actually it's taken on this whole new meaning and relevance um, with the tools we now have available. Because everything you were describing then, the thing I was just thinking, well, it's the scale and the speed at which you can experiment. And then, then you said that word, which I thought was really great and made me think of it kind of differently. It was unconsciously. You're getting yep. rid of those almost conscious, um, maybe... Uh, diversions or the, those moments that might take veer you off track because someone consciously yeah. with their bias makes a decision makes a judgment but actually now you can you can quite easily eliminate that stuff so it becomes yeah. more of an unconscious thing um yeah i love yeah. that 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is psychology and that's what we can't account for. Even us as experts in the field, um, you're very familiar and you're very close to your website and you're passionate about your website. It's not to say you don't know what you're talking about, but it is very often between um, we are making a conscious decision versus how I think it's I, I think the stat is like 85 percent or even closer to 90 percent of our decisions on a day to day basis are unconscious. And, you know, we there's no other way to account for that without test and learn. And that's uh, a really important factor. And, you know, I think kind of circling back to the point about, um, you know, you made a really good point about test and learn has been around for many, many years. If you think about, you know, uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, in, you know, any any kind of industry where there's this, uh, you know, um, does this work? No, it doesn't. Let's iterate and improve. Let's, you know, form mm. a hypothesis. You know, you think about it in chemistry, you did it in school, lab testing, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's no different. It's just applying it to the digital world. And I think that that cost of like, you know, this is what we've spent on a tool and this is all our people's time to onboard and learn and educate and you know, learn learn how to actually do testing. There's a lot of time investment and a lot of money investment, and the output is not often, like you say, it's it's an intangible. Um, I guess uh, what am I trying to say? Like like ROI almost, or the value is yeah. intangible. You can't physically see. Oh, amazing! You know, this is. I've got my ROI, I've got, uh, you know, everything I've pumped back in, I've got back out of it. Um, there are ways of doing that, but it isn't easy. And I think that is the common uh, challenge that people face. Um, where, yeah. yeah. And, and completely. And it makes me think almost my question at the beginning, I was talking about saving time and saving money, but the way that you presented this argument, I'm almost thinking some decision makers who are influencing their colleagues, they should flip it and be like, what's the cost of not experimenting, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it is equally, well, if you do this, you could damage your reputation. Uh, mm. We've seen it in the news where a poor experience has damaged user reputation or potentially not queuing something properly or delivering a poor experience or um, the, the lost value. So, yeah, you can absolutely flip it on its head. And often we, we recommend thinking about it that way as well. What's the money you've saved by not delivering a poor experience? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Heather, it's been so, so interesting. Um, we are, um, I'm glad to say we're going to do another one, I think, where we're going to discuss, um, you know, in reality, what it takes to actually, uh, deliver a kind of experimentation program and some key things that people can learn from. So we've dealt with the why. I think today, and then hopefully we can look at the, the what you actually do um, next time. So thanks so much for your time, Heather. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, and we'll be back with another one with Heather Optimizely very soon. Thank you. Sure. Thanks.